Welcome to this week's episode of Eye of the Swarm, your deep dive into anything and everything related to Yellow Jacket Athletics. With the Big Sound, Matt Johnson, I am John Garver, season five, episode number 12, which puts us in January, which means, I don't know if you realize that crossover season is here. I noticed it yesterday when I got to (laughs) campus and baseball and softball teams are practicing, so... Crossover season is upon us, my friend. Yeah. Uh, actually, when I walked up today, I noticed that the baseball team was having a meeting when the classroom was down the hall. So, yes, crossover season is here. I actually had a chance to talk with Melissa Fracker and TJ Oaks, respectively. Uh, they have less than a week until they full, they start out full out mm-hmm. in the field house. Now, how much time it takes for them to actually get on the field. Well, they're having a decent winter. Yeah. You know, so yeah. they might be able to get on the field right. much earlier yeah. than last year because if you remember last year at this time, yeah. Snowbanks were quite high. They were. And, and, uh, but there's a lot of optimism. I was talking with Larissa Snyder this weekend of the, of the softball team, and uh, she was saying that even being in the field house is still way better than it was in high school for her because uh, they were playing with softies off of the gym floor right. at this time of year. Now at least they've got some space, and they can actually take some actual you know, ground balls and right. get a little bit used to, to the field that way. Obviously, it's not ideal. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody up here on the softball and baseball side of things prefers a dome if possible. But you make do with what you have. And uh, but they're they're Matt they're hasn't written the check for the dome yet. No, so. no, I have not cut the check yet. I'm working on it. Um, but uh, suffice it to say, both teams are excited, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we'll see what they can do because uh, both teams had good finishes last year. Yeah, of course, we're still in the throes of the winter. Season, we are. Yes, and, we uh, are. So. Uh, the teams were all the teams. But that's wrapping up quick. Yeah, that's coming up pretty quick here. We're getting into the uh, the crunch time now for all the teams. Um, and I, I would say that last week was kind of a mixed bag mm-hmm. um, of, of results. Um, not so great on the hockey side. Not a good, good weekend uh, at the rink. Basketball did, for the most part, pretty well. Mm-hmm. And then in track and field, uh, indoor track and field also got back to it after a long break and had to shake off some rust. But mm-hmm. uh, for the most part, pretty good showings by everybody, yeah. I think, on track and field. Um, the hockey teams combined lost four games um, against really good competition. Yeah, but uh, you know it, it's still, still losses, still losses. Yeah, and it's it's tough. Uh, women's hockey played the number one ranked team in the country twice, lost by identical scores of four to one. Uh, there was a game on Thursday, the first one of the two games against River Falls on the weekend on Thursday and Saturday, mm-hmm. um, home and home with the Falcons. Um, you and I did that game on the radio on ninety one point three FM. Um, Actually, pretty happy with how they played. Yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I I thought it was one of the better games they played. Yeah, they and played really well. They did. They yeah. did. You know, and I, I felt bad for them because they deserved a better fate than they got. They did. You yeah. know, you have that lead going into yep, the third, third period, period and, and you know, it's, yeah. and it wasn't a a, a situation. You you look at the numbers part of it, and you're like, oh man, they were getting outshot. Yeah, they were, but it wasn't it wasn't that we're clinging by our fingernails to this thing. Right, it yeah. was, you know, they were playing well. Yeah, and that second period was arguably the best period they played all year. Yeah. I mean, they played really well in that period. They deserved the lead after two periods, mm-hmm. um, you know, because they could have had – I mean, they scored one goal in that period. I think they could have scored two, maybe three. Yeah. Uh, you know, had things broken right. They did have they a lot were, of shots, but they were high quality. Yeah, and all of their shots just about were high quality. You and I were talking about that on yep. the air, that they, they created a lot of opportunities to score. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they didn't take a ton of shots, but they were highly efficient with the shots they had in terms of creating really great A scoring opportunities. And you and I were talking about that. The efficiency was off the charts. I yeah, think it was. What you said. It yeah. really was. You know, there wasn't <laughs> like, a lot of quantity there, but the quality was off the charts. Yeah, yeah. You know, so and they it, easy, very easily could have been up two or three. Yeah, And yeah. that would have been... 
I would imagine the largest deficit River Falls had faced all year. Probably. I mean, I, yeah. I, I don't, don't know the, the deep dive in their numbers at all, but I'm guessing it was one of the few, if not the only time this year, they've been down going into the third period. Yeah, and Rose Beeman was really good in goal. Um, uh, you know, the forward lines were good. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody was skating real well. I mean, I they were up for the challenge. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's too bad they ended up losing it 4-1. to uh, There were some questionable things that happened at the end of the game, but – um, as far as decisions made by the referees, and I'm right. not going to name them, but nope. um, they deserved a better fate than they got, and it's sort of been a kind of a uh, kind of a recurring theme, I think, for them that they've had quite a few games where that's been the case. Mm-hmm. Um, they still have some very winnable games coming up. They do. Uh, Stevens Point still have one more with River Falls. Still have another one with River Falls, and then they have uh, some games with Northland and uh, Stevens Point coming up. So yep. uh, hopefully they'll be able to position themselves. They want to get to that number three seed. Uh, that's their goal right now, and mm-hmm. if they play well the next couple of weeks, I don't see any reason why they can't get there. Right. Um, men's hockey, a uh, little bit of a letdown, I would say, probably. I mean, you were there. You called the games. Um, difficult weekend. Score one goal in two games. Yep. You're not going to win much, if no. at all, when no. that happens. And, uh, well, I mean, you like I said, you were there. Uh, didn't give up a ton of goals, but just – No, they, yeah. they didn't. Um, you know, it's – it seems like it's worse than it probably is because you're coming off of a five-game win streak and now you're on a three-game skid. And so I, I th- it, if, if it was a win-one-lose-one, win-one-lose-one kind of thing, yeah. you probably don't feel as bad about it. But yeah. because you won five in a row and now you've dropped three, you're looking at this guy, oh, my God, this guy is falling. Right. It's not. Right. You know, and it's honestly the offensive struggle is – it's been there the entire season. Yeah, you know this yeah. is a team that's lost nine games, and in eight of those, they have scored one goal or less. Yeah. So it's not out yeah. of the ordinary. This is the story of that season. Yeah, I mean they've. And how do they? How do they pull out of that? That's they did it once earlier this year. They pulled out of it and yeah. started to score a few more goals, and the results were there. Yeah. So how how are they going to step out of this? Yeah. But it's it's not any different than anything we had seen in November. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it just it seems bigger now because right. you're coming off of that win streak, and these are conference games. Well, and these were tight games too. They I mean, were they tight were, games, and know, they were games you needed to stay in the hunt. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I I I think there's no hunt for a conference championship now. They'd have to win out and get some help because they are uh, eight points back okay. of Stevens Point. You still have two with them, but you're eight points back of them. You're three points back of Eau Claire now, and they won all three games against you this so season. They, they have the tiebreaker. You're a point back of Stout. So two, I think, is still in reach. Okay. I, I don't think one is. I think two is. Um, and I think depending on what you do this weekend, you know, you're six points up on a River Falls team that you're playing twice yeah. in their building. You take care of business in these two games. You're locking yourself in to a top four right. and a home playoff series which obviously is what you want. Right. And you're still on that path to potentially being in that running for a number two and a bye right. and a yeah. home playoff ser- series, which is what you really want. Right. Yeah. So they still control things a little bit here. They just made it a little bit harder. Yeah, yeah. They just themselves. put a little more heat on themselves yeah. and would have liked to have seen. Um, you know, on the basketball side of things, um, you know, the teams won a combined four out of five games, which – on the surface, looks pretty good. The loss was very disheartening uh, for the men against Bethany Lutheran because um, that was never close. No, <laughs> and uh, to be honest with you, it, it was one of those games where 
everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't really give themselves very much of a chance. Um, I had a very enlightening interview with Coach Polkowski, Greg Polkowski, the next day for the game against Martin Luther. Um, and I think right now there there are some guys right now that are fighting for spots, which is not necessarily where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know they made some notable lineup changes for the Martin Luther game and for the game against Marion yesterday, which they actually won on the road. That was a rescheduled game. Yep. Um, but they went on the road. That's a long trip down to Fond du Lac, and you know they. I mean, it's five hours yeah, one way. Yeah, exactly. And it's you know it's a school night, and it's a Monday night, and it's a day after a game. You know, or, or you know, forty eight less than forty eight hours after playing a game that you know on Saturday. Um, and you know they, I, I would say they're gr- they ground you know they grinded out the win against the Martin Luther. Had did some good things. There were some mistakes in there. Um, and did. You know, it, and it was pretty much the same story against Marion yesterday. They were much more efficient offensively uh, yesterday. They had a few more turnovers, I think, than Greg would have liked, but shot the ball a lot better, um, and uh, they shot the much ball much better from three-point range against Martin Luther, too. Uh, struggled overall from the field, but mm-hmm. uh, did enough to get the win, uh, get the two wins, and they're now 12-6, and six, uh, four and three now in the league, and the league is a logjam right now. There is, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of wiggle room. Um, and these next couple of weeks are going to be really big to see where they can finish. Well, yeah, yeah. because you're you all, they're playing all the teams ahead of you. Yep, exactly. You so know. there's going to be a lot decided in the next, you know, uh, probably two or three weeks to find out who's going to be in those top four spots for the conference tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, the women are playing with a lot of confidence right now, and they should be. And they should be. Yeah. Yep. They, I was just going to say that. Yeah. They they've earned it. Um, they had a really really impressive comeback against Matthew Lutheran. I thought. You know, that was... Well, I, I wasn't there because, right, you know, yeah. hockey was happening, but I had live stats up, and I had seen they were down, like, 11 points, I think, yep. at, at the start of the fourth quarter. Yeah. And I was like, oh. all right. Bethany played really well you in know, that first... And then you yeah. see the result, and you go, whoa, okay, yeah. that's a that's a pretty good surge in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and uh, they have, they've, they're have they playing with some swag right now, um, and they're confident. They're a confident group right now, They're they're and they're playing like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're sitting in first place in your conference. Yeah, you, should, you know, you're 6-1 you now. You have every right to be. Um, and, you know, you're one bad half away from perhaps being undefeated in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they played – I was thinking about it. They played eight halves now over the last two weeks, and they've probably played six good halves, two bad halves, and four really good halves. Mm-hmm. So they're playing really consistently right now. They're getting contributions across the board now. Um, for a while, Erica Matson have a weekend. Yeah, she would have been if I had to name a Yellow Jacket athlete of the week. She would have been it. Uh, she had an entire, you know, an entirely impressive weekend. I mean, she had 19 in the game against uh, Bethany Lutheran. Made some big plays down the stretch when they made the comeback, and then against uh, Martin Luther, she was just on fire. Yeah, she had 18 that night. Yeah, and I she, mean, was, she for the weekend she shot over 600. Yeah, yeah, and she was five for five from three in the game against Martin Luther. I mean, she she's. Real and I'm I'm happy for her because mm-hmm. she's she's put in her dues. Yeah, you know she's 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 been a good teammate. She's been a, a a good locker room presence for a while. She didn't get a lot of playing time earlier in her career. Now it's starting to come through. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's always been a good jump shooter. She's always been a good shooter. That's that's one of her hallmarks of her game. But um, now she's starting to contribute in other ways too, and that's good. Katie Dobson had a nice game. Um, you know, um, they're getting contributions across the board. And a lot of different players are getting in and, and making big plays in the knee, too. And it's taking some heat off of Elise Bessonen, which is good because yeah, yeah. Elise is – she's expected to do a lot. Yep. Uh, anytime she can get a break, it's good. Uh, there's been several games where she's played all 40 minutes. Yep. Against Martin Luther, she was able to get a little bit of time, you know, a little bit of a break in there. Uh, and she got a little bit of a break I'm against Bethany Lutheran in the sense that not all the scoring fell on her. Right. Um, but against the Martin Luther, she was able to get five to ten minutes, you know, of a break because UWS got up 
big in that game. Well, early at this in. time of year, that's valuable. Yeah, yeah, and the and the offense has been really good. The last, I mean, they scored seventy four against Bethany Lutheran. They scored eighty three against Martin Luther. You know, the shooting is coming around now. They're starting to hit threes, which is you know I, I, there was a spell there where yeah, they, where they weren't going down, and now they are going down. Yeah. and so um, yeah, I mean, I. I'm really happy for Coach Carpenter. I'm really happy for the players because uh, they're playing really well right now. And now we're going into stretch run this coming week. Uh, both teams play Northland. They should win both those games. Um, and then now you're going to start getting into the real meat of the schedule. Right. Uh, the good thing for the women as they try to fight, you know, fight for that regular season conference crown, be the first one in a few years if they could get it, mm-hmm. um, is that they've already completed the what I think is the toughest road trip in the conference, going to Northwestern and North Central back-to-back. Yep. Uh, and this year was more difficult because Northland didn't make the trip. Right. So they had an extra difficulty there. They still came out of that road trip one and one Still got a big games with Morris uh, on the road um, and then games with Martin Luther and uh, Bethany Lutheran on the road. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, if they, if they can take care of business here down the stretch, protect their home court, and uh, and pick up some wins on the road. They're going to be in good shape going yep. into the conference tournament. Yep. Um, and for the men, kind of the same thing. For sure. You know, they're kind of in the same boat. I mean, they've had their ups and downs. But at 4-3, and three, uh, you know, in the league, I think it's a little bit surprising that they have that record in the league. I would expect maybe a couple more wins at this point. Um, but 12-6 and six overall, they play Northland as well on Saturday. Um, you know, if they can get that win, that would make them 5-3. and three, And then you, now you can start looking ahead a little bit more sure. to see where you're going to be. Hopefully, once the conference tournament seedings are announced. So, and then of course track and field. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to it, defending conference champions on both sides. The men are, are stacked again. Um, you know they're going to be a heavy favorite. Uh, There's yeah. no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, on the women's side, they're going to be in the running for sure again. Yep. Um, you know, probably first or second, um, depending upon how it all shakes out. But shaking off a little bit of the rust, mm-hmm. like I said, uh, no team scores because it's an open. But right. Um, still, I, there were some good performances. There were some good in performances there. in there, and I'm not going to go through all of them because there's a ton of them. But um, yeah, I mean, I I think coming off the break, I know you know Glenn doesn't like having that big of a break from right. your first <laughs> meet to your second meet, but mm-hmm. uh, now they're going to hit it hard and heavy. They've got uh, you know four meets now coming up between now and the conference title and the conference championships, excuse me, and we'll see what they can do. Yeah, they've yeah. got. Uh, you know, Garrett Lynch did Garrett Lynch things last weekend. Yep. We got two first place finishes, and I know he'll be competing. Uh, they're going to UW Stout this weekend for the Warren Bolas, and that's a two day event with the multis going Friday, and then everybody else coming in on Saturday. And I know he'll be competing in the multi. I would assume it'd be Garrett and probably Alexa would be. Yeah, and I yeah. think Earl Foster as well. So there's, okay. I think there's three of them that are, are scheduled to compete okay. in both days of that. So, okay. you know, you've definitely got. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's, yeah. I mean. And then the teams will make the all both teams will make the full trip down. On, yep, on, on Saturday. Saturday. And then yep. the other one is men's tennis. They they compete this weekend. So yeah, yeah. You know, the the spring sports firing up a little bit there. They've got a they've got a Carol on Friday and Whitewater on Saturday. So, yeah, so big matches for you them. You know, man. right out of the gate, he's conference champions again, returning, yep. and a lot of players are training from that squad. So right. expectations are going to be high. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know they they're one and one. For those of you who don't remember, they played a couple matches. They did. And I'm looking forward to see what the women can do too. They're, mm-hmm. they're three and one, um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's and they're uh, deeper this year. And they're deeper this they're year, deeper much this deeper year. than they were last year. Um, and the men, of course, like I said, defending conference champions. So yeah, yeah, we're, like you said, we're in that crossover season now, um, where the winter teams are starting to gear up now to see where they can place and where they can be for their conference, where their respective conference tournaments. And mm-hmm. we'll see what the spring teams can can do here over the next couple of weeks too. Once uh, baseball and softball also get kicked up, so. Speaking of spring teams, we're going to take a timeout, and when we come back, we'll 
do the track and field thing. Well, yeah. We're not, no, not us. Not no. a, we're not going to No, we won't be doing it. We're just going to talk about it. Yeah. We'll have Glenn Drexler and Ethan Westmeyer from the men's track and field team come in and talk a little bit about Twin Ports Open last weekend and uh, what all is going to be coming up for the rest of the indoor and the upcoming outdoor season right. as well. Exactly. So exactly. we'll have that right after this break. You're watching Eye of the Swarm. Find your passion. Find your people. Find your purpose. Find your superior. We're back on this week's episode of Eye of the Swarm, and it's time for us to talk indoor track and field. We are joined by head coach Glenn Drexler and Ethan Westermeyer from the men's track and field team. And the the month break between the opener and the meet that you host is, uh, is behind us, and you got your first competition of 2024 in, so let's talk a little bit about it. What did you see from your two teams that was good, and what did you see the, some of those things that you need to work on through that first day? So after every meet, like immediately, first thing I tell the team, I hope it was a good day, <laughs> especially when I'm hosting, because if I'm hosting, I'm running around right. like a chick with my head cut off. So I'm, I'm just trying to uh, run a meet, uh, make sure I'm taking care of all the things that need to happen so the meet can happen. Uh, plus, on top of that, this weekend we had recruit day, which was a fantastic day, by the way. Um, brings its own challenges, but ultimately getting a chance to get all those recruits out and seeing our team. So with all that being said, um, I don't always get to see everything that I'd prefer to see. Uh, but even when we're competing and I'm, you know, we're on the road and I'm able to see more, I'm still, there's some events I'm focusing on while I'm not able to see all the throws that I want to see or the jumps, um, being that they're all spread out the way it is. So it's a challenge as a head coach um, to be able to, to see everything that I feel I should. Um, and so I have to absorb those results so on the bus ride home or when I get home or whatever it might be. Um, so I can know how we did because until then I <laughs> hope we did okay. Everybody, everybody's still standing, you know, kind of thing. Uh, but for the most part, you'll usually hear some good things happening. Um, somebody will come over, hey, so-and-so just did whatever. And I'll be like, sweet. So I'll have a little bit of intel over the course of the day, but not always as, as much as I want immediately. All that being said, we had a great day on, on Saturday. How do you navigate that? What's because that? there is so much happening. There is so much happening all at the exact same time. You've got jumping over here. You've got throwing over here. and There is no way for you to see everything you want to yeah. see. So how do you navigate that? Do you go in kind of at the beginning with a plan of, okay, these are, this is the time this event's happening, and I need to make sure I'm seeing that? or A little bit, yeah, but mostly two things. One, we've got some awesome athletes who are, you know, they, we, we try to prepare them as best they can so they can take care of themselves. Two... I am blessed to have a fairly substantial group of, of assistant coaches who can cover the specialty events that need help with those things, technical stuff. So we're, especially at home, I'll know I'll always have my, my assistants uh, there, which is fantastic. So all those jumps coaches and throws coaches and everything, hurdles coaches, uh, working with those technical event people, uh, is that's just awesome. Um, some... Some coaches don't have that, and I, I'm pretty blessed to have that. So from our standpoint, where we are with our team, um, we've got people covering, sometimes even multiple coaches covering a single event, which really cleans things up for us. 
So now that you've had a chance to absorb, mm -hmm. what did you see? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, the break is too long. That much I see. And that's, it is what it is. We got to deal with that. The break between um, the, events. The break, no, the break or the, between. During the semester break. During the semester break, okay. yeah. yeah. The, the time off is just, it's a killer. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's a hard thing to navigate. We will do the, as good as, as anybody. Uh, in fact, I'd say we do better than, than some, but it's still, it's a long time to be away. Some of our kids don't have the facilities at home that they can here, um, whether that's a, a lifting program or, or sprinting or technical work. You know, not being able to vault or high jump or throw for a month or more is, is a tough thing sometimes. Mm -hmm. Some of those individuals have some space. And, you know, for those people, we'll send some stuff with them, whether it's equipment or they'll even, you know, like, you know, like Garrett Lynch, he, he found availability at another facility um, to go do some vaulting in just so he wasn't completely, you know, you know, off the, the runway for a month and a half. So it's helpful when they've got that space and, and availability. Um, the kids that are around here, obviously, are going to have a little bit more of those luxuries of being able to come in and continue to do the workouts that we're we're giving them, um, even if we're not be able to be there with them. They're they're able to continue the the process. So yeah, we found out that break is too long, um, but ultimately, with that being said, um, some of them are still ready. They're still they're, they were they worked pretty hard over break, and you know, like Emma Johnson, you know, freshman thrower, she's she's. Didn't miss a beat, honestly. I mean, which was pretty impressive, considering that she didn't get a lot of technical work done. Um, so it'll be pretty cool once she starts to kind of get things figured out. Nate, Nate Oman did a lot of work in the weight room. He was even in here, probably throwing on his own a little bit. Um, so when those things are happening, he's preparing himself, and it showed because his consistency with his marks were really good. Um, you know, from the sprints and running, so distance crew. That's the one luxury that. Those guys can run anywhere. Right. And for the most part, break was pretty comfortable for them. You know, the, the weather wasn't getting yeah, turned cold bad. for a while. Yeah. And so they could get a lot of work done for quite a bit, you know, even on the tracks back home. So those things all happened really well. You know, our sprint crew maybe wasn't as consistent as they would have liked to have been just because of the availability of space. Um, but I think overall, you know, we're going to be, we're going to see what really happens this weekend when we, when we head out of town. So it'll be fun. From the athlete standpoint, how did you feel about it? I felt pretty decent. Not exactly the day I wanted all, all in all, but there were still some good things to take away from the day. Um, like Glenn said, not everyone has some of those amenities back home that we all have around here. I personally train on a dirt road, a couple of those for like a week straight, and then just kind of lifted whatever I could, whatever I could find, and just try to make everything work as best I could. I mean, it's hard to go from the facilities that we have here to the facilities that we have back home I and mean, there's no tracks anywhere nearby me so I mean to go from sprinting such a short distance inside kind of a lot of control there and then you kind of lose a lot of that when you kind of leave your comfort zone there I think that was probably the biggest thing for me and I learned like a long time ago how to kind of mitigate some of those like losses that you're going to have over break but I mean they still happen right so I could be perfect and holidays obviously throw a couple wrenches in some things too. Food. Yeah. <laughs> the same struggles that we all face. Indeed. Yeah. Is it is it more difficult the the lead up? I'm, I'm going back to the timing thing. Is the the having three months between the time you get here to start at the start of the academic year to that first meet, or is it the between that first meet 
over at St. Scholastica and the one that you host. Which one of those breaks is more difficult? I feel like the break that's more difficult for me is the one that's like that month long in between Scholastica and the one we host because we do conditioning over that three month break and we really just kind of build up to where we are when we get to that Scholastica meet and then everyone kind of goes their separate ways and not everyone can hold themselves accountable to like the same level that we were at practice and like we said before like there's just not not enough amenities for everyone to get everything that they need to be done Mm -hmm. done well yeah i mean it's it's one of the difficulties of even i think being a track athlete in this part of the country at a certain point um some of the southern schools have probably advantage like we talk about with golf like we talk about with baseball softball of having the ability to just you can find maybe a track somewhere where you can run but also there's that the elements issue mm-hmm. you know where it's it's tough especially if you can't find an indoor track when those are pretty rare i mean right. most high schools i think probably have an outdoor track that you can inquire about or at least try to but around here i mean you're talking about an indoor season that is pretty short for the most part in terms of competitions i mean there are a handful of them and then you have the indoor championships it's not quite like the outdoor and there aren't as many options you know i mean glenn maybe you could speak more to that than i can well i i think almost that indoor season almost feels longer okay um it almost feels longer and almost we have a lot more control over it just because there's you're not going to cancel an indoor meet Um, those outdoor meets especially earlier in the year they're a little bit more questionable yeah. And so our availability and our the time that we get for those, and sometimes if they're canceled, then we're short of meat already. And, and, yeah. and so that, that season gets short really quick. Um, we don't make up meats. Like, you yeah. know, you can of maybe, or, I don't want to say you can, but baseball and softball will do everything they can to make up those meats right. if they can. Ours, if you miss a weekend, that weekend's gone. We don't get that weekend back, and that's the only time we compete um, with how things work. So... Um, yeah, it's, it, I, think, I would actually say the indoor season is more controlled, more you kind of know what you're going to get, you know what to prepare for. The outdoor, you got to be ready for not having anything, to be honest, and then make up the best with the best. Well, the especially best last year, I would think. It, yeah, that was, it was just one. Yeah, that last was, year that was, was rough. That was rough, I think, for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just baseball, softball, yeah. outdoor track and field. I, I, pretty much everybody that had an outdoor sport, even golf, you know, it was really hard to get any events in at all. Um, and that that's tough, I mean, from a standpoint of just keeping your head in it. Mm-hmm. Just get excited to compete, and the next thing you know, well, we're not going to be able to do it now because there's snow and rain, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 we don't have a viable uh, playing surface right now. So right. Um, that makes it that much tougher. Um, I mean, I don't – I haven't looked at the schedule, so how many indoor meets do you guys have before you get to the conference title? Uh, I think about these are three, four, four, basically, well – if you count Scholastica, okay, uh, four, five, six, six meets prior to, to conference. Okay, okay, now that's a, actually a good number. Yeah, yeah. So six, so. six indoors prior to conference. Um, after holiday break, there's only five, so it just it shortens up pretty quick. Those five weeks go fast. Yeah, I mean that season's over in no time. I'm I'm already looking at it going because I have to kind of plan on. Well, I want our guys to do this at this meet, or you know, this runner to do be running competing this one at this meet. My season's already over by how I've already scheduled it out. So right. it's just, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then the, on top of that, there's a switchover, too, where it goes from indoor into outdoor. Yeah, and then, yeah, and, yeah. and then, to, you know, preferably we're, we're kind of hitting on all cylinders by that point. So, you know, this, a spring break trip, for instance, is one of those things where, man, I really want to see as many people go to that as they can to take a shot at something big because that might be the best meet we have. Right, right. So. 
How do you use now that, that gap, that, what, four weeks now, I mm -hmm. guess, four meets left? Mm -hmm. How do you use that to build up to where you want to be for the, the championships? I usually build up with, like, my distances. So normally, like, first couple meets of the year, I just do a couple of the short sprints, just like the 60, just the 200. And then as we get, like, further on in the year, I might do two 400s in the same meet, or I might do a four and a two. And the week before, we kind of dial it back down just so that we are all healthy going into that meet. It's a much more physically demanding meet than the rest of them just because it's two days long, and, and instead of doing those two events, I'm probably going to be doing four or five mm -hmm. and expected to do well, not just from his side, but my side as well. Like I expect myself to do well, and I want to give myself the best chance at doing the best I possibly can. So just to get enough experience in all the different events is like my first priority, and then making sure I'm building up to that load that is that weekend of conference is probably the second biggest priority for sure. How do you prep for that mentally? I mean, it's, I was a hockey player. I had one game that day and that was it. And yeah. you're looking at two days of, okay, there's a 60, a 200, a 400, probably a relay, maybe two relays in there. Mm -hmm. How do you prep for that? And how do you decide, and maybe coach can jump in on this too, how do you decide this event for this day is the most important one, so I need to leave it all out on the track for that one and maybe dial back for this one in particular. How do you guys navigate that? So, I mean, for me, I keep attention to, like, the conference rankings and see, like, where I should be placing if everything were to go well and maybe where if some things went wrong as well. And I'll prior prioritize those events specifically. Like if I'm supposed to win or take second in an event, I'm going to try and prioritize that as much as possible. But I can only work with the schedule that the conference gives me. Like I'm my best event's probably the 200, and that's at the end of day two after running a four, a six, two sixties, and a two already, and then might have to do a relay after that even. So really, it probably depends on the person, like what they really want. Let's say Ian Matheson, for example, like his event's probably the four, and that's his first event on day one. So, I mean, he gets to go all out for his favorite event right. and then kind of see what happens after that. And, I mean, we get to see at the end of day one kind of where we stand as a team and maybe see what we have to do for day two if something went wrong or maybe we can lay back a little bit if we're in a really good position. But it kind of depends on the year and the athlete, like how you're going to prepare the biggest thing for me is just like the nerves before the first race. But I mean, after you get the first race kind of out of the way, I mean, those, there's no time even to be nervous anymore. It's like 40 minutes to an hour in between each one of those races. I mean, it's kind of a quick turnaround. There's not really that much time for you to have with your own thoughts, which is actually not a bad not thing. A bad for thing. Me. Right, right. Um, <laughs> you just kind of go from one race to the next and kind of hope for the best. Mm -hmm. Do you ever, because this has, it gets pretty strategic. Mm hmm. You know, when you're looking at accumulating points and, yep. you know, winning a conference championship, you got to get strategic in there. So do you ever walk up to an athlete and go, okay, listen, you're, I'm pulling you out of this, or you're not going to be a part of this relay because your best event is still to come, and I, I need you there. Yeah, so the tough part about track and field is, uh, unlike some of the team sports, I can't move people around within the course of a meet. I have to have things dictated by entries and when centuries closed that's that's who I got to run in, in those events the minute they are scratched from an event they're done for this for the weekend so oh. if if okay. if we got Terry running Ethan running uh, a 60 and a, and a 400 on day one and we're like you know what we're gonna scratch you out of the four 
he's not done for the weekend. He can't even run a relay. Mm-hmm. So it it you gotta you gotta be ahead of the game a little bit. I have the curve with with where you're planning everything out. So we'll have a pretty extensive discussions between event groups, between individuals to say, here's where we see things. Here's where we see you potentially doing X, Y, or Z. Um, what are you What are you up for? What do you want to do? What are your some of your goals? Because ultimately, too, we want to make sure that we're not. Okay, yeah, I see your goals. What do we want to do as a team, or what do we want to do individually, or how can we, you know, enhance both of those? So there really, there's a lot of questions that go into this prior to even put entries in. But that's where it comes down to it is, is entries and, and how we can match up to uh, the other teams that are in conference. And so we're gonna we keep an eye on those things to see how we can you know counter this individual and this individual and where those points are all going to fall so there's a there's a lot goes into it but it, it all comes down to entries and once those are set and that's the that's what we got to dance with so hmm. yeah i guess that's, I, that's I, interesting i didn't realize it, that. it makes it hard and, and it's where it's you know for me watching our our, our teams play in, in the, the the defensive strategies and the offensive strategies they have is really fun and those are things i kind of want to have but all mine happens on the front end before the game even plays right so it's like okay here i got to play it all out and i play it out about a gazillion ways (laughs) before before those entries close so i can just kind of have an idea of what to expect all his in-game adjustments take place before the game is played exactly yeah yeah i mean the only movement i have is within the relays because those you don't have to necessarily set your individuals you can use the people who's who's still eligible so if they haven't scratched from anything, anybody on the team is eligible to run in a relay. And that's the one place where I have fudge room. And so I might pull somebody back at times uh, off of, you know, yeah, we were expecting to run them, but you know what, I'm going to reserve them a little bit more here so we can – and we may run a team that isn't necessarily our A team in a relay because we know we can still get what we need mm-hmm. without it being – without hurting somebody else. Sure. So that's the one slide I have – you know, with as far as shifting people within the meet, um, but it's it's tough. I I kind of wish there was an opportunity for a little bit more of that moving around because it could make it fun. Sure. Uh, especially for for us from a coaching perspective, but uh, but that's how the rules are. Have you ever walked into a coach and said, you know, I two hundred's my thing. That's at the end of the day. So maybe I don't run the four. Maybe at individual meets like not out not in conference i think glenn knows that i have a pretty big workload when it comes to conference i do all the open sprints and i just kind of deal with it and run with the leash that he gives me and like i said kind of hope for the best i know i'm going to be tired for that too but i might still be the best in the conference if i'm tired and everyone else is fresh i mean that's kind of happened a couple of times and i'm at least always towards or in the front of the race at some point mm-hmm. so i mean I just got to give myself a chance and, you know, we just kind of see what happens. I mean, you never know what's going to happen until the gun goes off. Right. And I think there's, you know, with individuals, and that's the, the tough part. Over the years, we've, we've, we've had different discussions on where we're at score-wise. And sometimes I'm expecting something different from, from the conference meet where I think it's going to be closer in, in a certain situation. Um, so I'm asking sometimes more of, of Ethan in, in those situations where I'm saying, you know, this is where I think we might be at the end of day one. Therefore, we may need your points out of that 400, whereas maybe this year we're looking, I'm going, you know what? We don't need you in that four. You can be a little fresher coming into day two. So there's there's always those things going on. Um, ultimately, we'll talk as a team, what do we want to do? Do we want to try to is, – is, is winning conference 
our goal or, or is it about having a bunch of individual champions and just focusing entirely on that and then see where the cards fall for the for the championship side so there, there's a lot of things that go on since we've joined the UMAC our, our team focus has been winning championships um, doesn't mean it always is going to happen, but that's it's worked. What's the so goal, the focus you know? is good because it's worked. <laughs> so, yeah, um, <laughs> but, but I mean, from both sides, women yeah. and women, right? I mean, the the thing about it is, you know, the, the, we got two different, totally different teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, the men's team has a lot more depth. Um, the women's team doesn't have that depth, so they got to rely on every single body, every single point. And sometimes, and I, I say this to these guys, they don't. I think they see it. They don't always see it. This this may come to a little bit of a diff- difficult discussion at times, but our women go into those championships, and they f- they fight so hard. It's so awesome to watch what they do. Um, these guys, at times, I say would coast a little bit, and I, and and to that, maybe that's on us as far as how we called entered. out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well. But I, but I come back to it. It might be on me because of I'm I'm I they, they already know like hey by how we've played this out, we're going to be so far ahead by day, you know, 2.5, that we, we, we don't have to worry about it. Maybe I need to allow them to have a little bit more of a, of a sweat to it mm-hmm. and see what they can they can do. Sure. So they, I think they, they're aware of those things. But like I said, watching those women, though, they know they've got to give everything. And, and they, have, they don't have any fudge room. It's, we got we got to have every single one of these points that I'm going to put down on paper. And if we can do that, we'll give ourselves a chance. These guys have had a little bit of a luxury. I'm not saying it's going to last forever, but right. they've had that luxury of being able to get ahead and, and, and basically just kind of ride that out. Well, that brings up a question I have for Ethan then as an athlete. Knowing that you have a really deep team, knowing that there's a lot of guys that can perform and get points for you, does that ever also play into how you want to run a meet? I mean, is that or is that more of an individualistic thing for you? Because knowing that you have really good teammates with you, if you're not feeling up to something, you know that the other guys can probably pick up the slack. I mean, does that ever come in at all? It's much more relaxing, especially. I would say it's just more so for conference specifically, but it's much more relaxing knowing that I have five or six guys mm-hmm. right behind me that are willing to pick up what I might be able to leave off the ground instead of, oh, we have six or seven sprinters total and we all got to kind of get our crap together and just hope for the best and we all got to be on our A game. I mean, it's more relaxing now for me that like Will Shore is kind of on a similar level to me and we got some nice underclassmen that are kind of getting up into the upper levels and stuff and I mean might be pushing me out of an event here or event there every once in a while and now I don't have to stress about some of these things that it's not all up to me anymore or up to three or four of us in a specific group but it might you know I would say it's just way better to have more depth like Glenn said and then we all can kind of relax a little bit more and be a little bit more stress free a little bit more loose I run a little tight as it is so I don't need to be any more stressed than I already am <laughs> well and it's that's one of the things when you build up a program that has the amount of depth that probably puts even more heat on Glenn at a certain level just trying to figure out what guys he wants to use for certain things well I mean, and like I said I I'm trying to play out the scenarios before entries close. I feel like you're playing them out right now. Oh, I do. I, I, yeah, <laughs> you can see the wheels turning. Yeah. Like he's already no, playing. I, yeah, yeah it, it's true. But but that's where, I, like I said, if what I've been doing is I I, I go for worst-case scenario on every conference meet going in. So when, if this blows up, we're going to be ready for it. On the guy's side, I have that luxury because I've got the bodies. And, and then sometimes we've been putting some guys through the meat grinder because of it. And, and how do we dial that back to allow – 
Ethan to be able to say, you know what, I want to I want to have that the best 200 of all time in the conference. I'm just that's all we're going to do. You know, maybe that's how we got to look at it. Um, the other side of that too, there's there's still opportunities where you know, individually speaking, you know, some of those athlete performer of the meet type things. I mean, those are fun accomplishments and, and goals to have too. And and there are times when they'll step up and say, I want to shoot for that. And and the and this is how I want to do it. Mm-hmm. And and I don't want to deny them those opportunities, you know. Um, and so to that point, it's like, okay, well, then we're going to look at these events to, to see what we can get point-wise. So there's, there's a lot of ways to look at it. None of them are necessarily wrong. None of them are necessarily right. But there's a lot going on there. So I want to go back to the, the women's side. Mm-hmm. How valuable was that conference championship last year? Huge. For Obviously for a recruiting piece, but for the, the returners and what that does for them mentally. Yeah. You know, how, how valuable was it? Yeah, no, that, like I said, those girls have been fighting for so long mm-hmm. um, and coming up just short on numerous occasions, second, thirds, since we started this thing. And for them to finally get over that, you know, that lip and, and to, to take that title was huge because I felt like we needed that one to kind of kickstart things. Um, so then Outdoor came around and we still lost that thing by just a few points, honestly. I had a schedule to lose it by 50, and we lost it by nine. So when we do those kind of things, that means they've bought in, mm-hmm. right? They're ready, and they're committed to what they want what it takes. And that carried into cross, and they, they, those girls knew, okay, now that's the other extra work we need to start doing. It's starting to get contagious, mm-hmm. right? And I, it still comes back to, to depth. And then and we're, st- you know, we're still not where I want us to be from a depth standpoint. Um, but they're by far, even compared to last year, I think their depth is even better. So, yeah, we're going to take those shots again, and, and they've got the taste of it. They know what it takes. They're ready to go. But so, yes, it was extremely valuable because it was we needed that first one. Yep. And once it happens, I think it kind of snowballs from there, hopefully. Are you looking at potentially leaning again on distance and throws uh, on that well, side? Well, right now, that, that would be the, the obvious look at where, we're, where our depths are. You know, our distance, you know, has, has, if nothing else, gotten stronger since cross, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, the other side of that is our, you know, our throws are all very young still. Got a lot of, but but they're, they're talented, man. Right. So it's going to be cool to see what happens. And I think our sprints, jumps groups um, are going to pick up what, what, what we need them to. They're strong, too. They're, they're very young, those, those two groups. And um, the experience will come. So they're coming. Let's name some names. Name some names. Yes, let's name some names. Uh, <laughs> Get them out there. Well, we, yeah, we got to go But you know there. what's cool? Okay, so like s- some of our freshmen, you know, Summer, Izzy, um, uh, you know, Emma, you know, uh, Myla Volk came back. Uh, she was out for this last semester. She was, she'd gone away, but she came back, uh, transferred back in. Um, people like uh, Allison Lessie out of the soccer team, Taylor DeCook. I mean, to get that kind of help from, from those other teams is pretty cool by the way right um, I'm excited to have those girls on board and, and they're just good and mm-hmm. they're good people and too, they're so. athletic and yeah, yeah yeah but I mean like Allison's just she's a burner so she's fast you know we've talked about that her. in soccer many yep. times yep. Yep. how fast she and, is and yeah. Taylor is is she as a mid-distance runner so we just had a nice conversation just before I came in here and um she's got so much so much passion you know so it's fun watching her kind of reintroduce herself to the sport 
she's gonna be really good, you know. And if she wants to stick around, we're all for it. But, <laughs> uh, but, but definitely, have, I think I hope I believe she's having a good time with it too. Both those girls. She, uh, I, I just want to interject here because I was at the the championship day two last year because school history could be made, and I wanted, I already knew the men had it in the bag basically, but I also knew that the women were right on the cusp. Mm-hmm. So I came for the second day, and it was really cool to see some school history that day. And you could see, going back to what he said about how important it was for the ladies just to be able to have that and be able to grab a, a championship trophy at the end of it all was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And you could see uh, some of them were in tears. A lot of them were just smiling, but a lot of them were, were in tears and smiling. Well, even going back to all of the messages we received after from our alum, our females, who were just like, thank you. you know, That was pretty cool because yeah. this was for them as much as it was for the girls who won that thing because – Everybody been fighting for it for so long, so it was pretty cool to to have our alum really just so excited for for their team, which was fun. And Taylor DeCook was one of the ones who had a big smile on her face. She was there too last year, yeah. and uh, you could t- I, I could kind of tell at the time the way she was talking how excited she was that I, I could see her joining the team. Mm-hmm. I mean she was and she she had a, a very good distance career in high school, so I was not surprised yeah. that she is now a two sporter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but. That was really cool because I was there with uh, Coach DeGroote and uh, and Coach Fracker showed up and I mean it was it was a big deal and, and it was very cool to see how many people came and um, you know I Ethan for you guys I mean like I said you were way ahead after day one John and I you actually talked about that um, and then day two you guys continued to rack up the points but watching the women win how was that for you just being a guy on a team that is expected to win and usually does yeah, so. always has the target on their yeah back. always yeah. has the target but how how did you feel about the women winning last year. It very much reminded me of the guys' team my freshman year, a bit smaller. And then we won indoor, but we didn't win outdoor. But when we came back the next year, my sophomore year, we were all hungry to win both of them again. And I think I saw a lot more hunger, a lot more eagerness to like compete than, like Glenn said, on the guys' side because we're all not getting complacent with winning, but we're all kind of so used to it and expecting it. The target on the back's kind of nice because that kind of fuels a lot of us. We know that everyone is coming out to get us, and we kind of thrive on that, especially on the sprint side. We like to take up the whole fast heats of some of the sprinting events and mm-hmm. like to be half of the finals for, mm-hmm. like, the 60 and stuff. We like to be announced up on – for outdoor, they, like, announce your names, like, each lane. We like hearing our names announced over and over again just to kind of remind everyone that we're still – kind of the target on the back right. and we're not going anywhere anytime soon well you can you can look around you can be like wow <laughs> we got a squad yeah <laughs> you know like that's then that that's very comforting as as a former athlete myself whenever i was playing on a really good team i always was like okay we're ready to roll <laughs> like you know well, and so for now i mean even you know the conference is stuff is is good but i think you know between tony and i we're starting to push you know how much further can we push this so when i'm talking about you know even not just conference, but now can we get some individual groups regionally ranked, so like a throws group ranked or a sprint group ranked or a jump group ranked in the region. Um, that's kind of some of those next-level goals that we want to start pushing, and, and we're starting to have those conversations. And Those are those are difficult because that, that's another level of commitment that I think a lot of our kids are on, mm-hmm. not everybody yet, which is okay, but how can we can start to bring that all up? How far away are you? Oh, I don't know how to give you any numbers per se, but but basically it's one of those things where if we can start getting, you know, usually it takes like three individuals per event group. 
to be regionally ranked to, to now have a regionally ranked event group. So if we've got three throwers who are in the top 15, I mean, that's going to be, that's going to say something. Mm -hmm. um, and so those are the kind of things we're going to start pushing for, right? Because we don't, you know, conference is good. We want to win those things, and those things are well hard-earned. Um, but how can we start getting our national, you know, footprint out there um, beyond what we're doing here? I want to, one more thing, and before we, uh, before we let you go, I, I want to talk a little bit about what's going to transpire in the, the coming months here. We've been fortunate so far to not have a nasty winter, which mm -hmm. means maybe we'll be able to get shovels in the ground a little bit earlier this spring mm -hmm. uh, on the new facility. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people view it as a soccer stadium, but there is going to be a nine-lane track that goes around the outside of that. This is a very big deal for your program. Talk Huge. a little bit yeah. about that. Yeah. Oh, man, I tell you, we're so excited about this new facility. Um, between, you know, Allison uh, and Joe and I and, and Nick, obviously, and everybody else behind the scenes, but uh, we've been working for this for so long. Um, I know Ethan's going to be disappointed that he won't have a chance to really get to compete on it as a, as a student athlete, but, um, but we've been talking about it for a very long time, and to finally see things start to move is pretty exciting, and the support we got from the state is huge. Mm -hmm. uh, so excited for that. Uh, so we've got so many people to thank eventually, but man, it's it's fantastic. What it will do for a program, I mean, having those recruits on campus this weekend, getting to see the, the vi videos of it, the images of it, um, to get to talk to them about what that may look like in the next months, you know, years. The fact that most, you know, most if not all of those recruits are going to be on that track very soon mm -hmm. um, is pretty cool. Yeah. And that's a huge deal for us. Um, you know, we, we've had our wonderful track out there behind Westman is – He's been weathered and beaten, and it's it's tired. Uh, so we're excited to see excited to see uh, the the new thing coming on the horizon. We're excited about that. A new brand new facility. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, here's the thing too. The Twin Ports, you know, between Scholastic UMD and us, we've we've been blessed with some great facilities, all three of us, and to to, to throw another nice outdoor facility into that mix is going to be fantastic. So between you know now we're gonna have to have some bidding words on who gets to host an outdoor you know spring meet uh, at times you know so we'll have to work closely with UMD on sharing some time with that I was gonna ask you that because the weather isn't always forgiving in the twin ports in the spring so yeah it'll be tough do you to get not necessarily want to be hosting a lot <laughs> well of and I, I've, we, we, I've had some brief conversations with with Carly over at UMD um, about that saying you know what we might have to go back and forth a little bit on on that because it'll be hard to have two local meets in the spring every spring because the weekends are going to be limited as far as how the weather is going right. to go and how the, how it will work for field you know availability you know depending on the snow so there's going to be some challenges for obviously um, uh, so from a hosting from a general regular season meet perspective it, it may be difficult but from a conference meet by that point we're Fingers crossed, we'll have some good weather. And, you know, the last conference meetings we hosted here outdoors, uh, day one was like 90 degrees. It was beautiful. It was fantastic. And then the wind shifted, <laughs> and, and it got cold. And, and so those are going to be questions we'll have to, you know, deal with and, and situations we'll deal with. But uh, to have the facility to start with is is huge. And the, the preparation as far as direction of runways and all the op options we'll have with it, um, I think are going to be really useful to being able to host regardless of the weather, even as cold as it may or may not be. So. How nice would that have been? It would have been. Sorry, I have nice. to use that in the <laughs> no, in the tense okay. that I am using it. But. Um, 
I like to think of back to my freshman year. We went to UMD on like a short notice week where we, I think, competed on a Thursday. And it was really windy, but it was really warm. And had a huge day that day in jumps in the 100 and the 200. And just to have more opportunities like that, if it were warm out, it's always windy and superior. Right. And if that wind's at your back as a sprinter, it's like a blessing. It just makes you feel like you're going so much faster. It might not be a wind legal time, but it gives you a different PR and like it makes you feel like you're running 10 times faster than you normally would. Wind, well, just, just wind like, legal. Yeah. Okay, define that, please. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's a very small little, what is it, like a little... Fan yeah, thing, so I guess. The, the, we we will measure wind uh, for straight line running. Two hundred down, two hundred on down. So two hundred, one hundred, one hundred hurdles, one ten hurdles, uh, long jump, triple jump, will all be wind measured um, to determine whether it's legal. Because there's a certain tolerance that's allowed um, for illegal. Now, just because you run one that's illegal doesn't mean it can't be used for. A qualifying time for conference per se. Nationals is a whole other story. But uh, but within the conference, you know, you run a time. It may not be permissible in the sense of the time is you know going to seed you here, but at least you've run a time, so you're in the race. It's it's there's a lot to that. But simply put, you can't after if it's a 50 mile per hour tailwind, probably not going to be illegal. <laughs> Probably if you ran five seconds down. faster than you should have, it probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, now conversely, you know. You, you know, those poor distance runners are out there running in the face of it on one side and running with it right. on the other side. So you've, you've got to deal with it, you know, good and the bad. So I just think it's so cool that there's going to be a, a outdoor, the possibility of hosting outdoor events, you know, for track and field on top of the soccer thing. And, you know, people can walk over from the dorms and mm -hmm. check it out and, you know, because – Believe it or not, we do have days that are really nice up here. Well, and, yeah, oh, yeah, that's and, the thing. Yeah. I, there's, from a practice standpoint, I mean, most of those days that we're gonna that we, we're gonna be able to practice a lot more often. Even if it's not nice, we're gonna be able to warm up here, head right out the door, and go to work. Um, but I would argue actually that most cases, you know, there's a lot more nice days than than we would, than we're talking about right now. Right. Right. Yeah. And so you know, practice. You know talking practice <laughs> we're gonna have a lot more opportunities to be out there than we than we normally would because it's just the, it's so convenient to step outside and go to work right yep, yep. final thoughts um i'm really looking forward to it i'm glad Sonovus energy jumped in uh with the video board and stuff that's going to be very very cool um you know it, it's it's going to make for a first-rate facility for everybody and you know for programs that have been as successful as men's and women's soccer and men's and women's track and field you know, I, I can't think of other programs that are more deserving of having a really nice facility because of the work that's been put in by all four of those teams. Mm -hmm. uh, and also the fact that, you know, a lot of the athletes from the indoor season, of course, also transition to the outdoor. So, you know, you're talking about it affecting athletes that participate in combined six sports, which is really, really cool. You know, that's that's a very, very cool thing to have. And it's been a long time coming. I'm, I'm really, really excited to be able to work in it too, you know, and I know you are too. We're mm -hmm. looking forward to being able to have a brand new shiny little gem on campus that we can show off to people, right. and uh, yeah, it's cool. I, I feel bad for Ethan that he's that he's. He, I assume that he'll he'll be there a few times. I'm gonna <laughs> sneak in. Oh yeah, <laughs> just to have I'll a look. Maybe maybe run a few laps himself mm -hmm. when he gets the opportunity. But um, yeah, it's it's just gonna help the entire community and it's gonna help the programs immeasurably. I think so. 
um, I'm, I'm happy for everyone that's involved, and of course, Glenn and Allison and Joe. It's, it's, it's really cool for them. Mm-hmm. So That'll do it for this week's episode. We want to thank Coach Drexler and Ethan Westermeyer from the men's track and field team for stopping by. For them and the Big Song, Matt Johnson, I am John Garber. Thank you for watching I Have the Swarm. Mm-hmm.